Dispatches. This is your host, Mark Leon Goldberg. Ali Nader of the RAND Corporation is my guest today. We discuss the geopolitical implications of a potential nuclear deal between the United States and Iran and the potential implications of failing to agree to a nuclear deal with Iran. Now, November 24th is a big inflection point for these talks. Uh, it is supposed to be a deadline, but what happens at that deadline remains to be seen. The deadline could be extended. Some sort of interim agreement could be brokered. Uh, or nothing at all could happen. Still, uh, whether or not a deal happens in the remaining two years of an Obama administration or whether it fails to happen in the next two years is a big deal and will have profound consequences throughout the region, those consequences of which I discuss with Ali Nader of the RAND Corporation. So here is our conversation. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So the two countries that have been uh, most concerned about the outcome of the negotiations are Israel and Saudi Arabia, and uh, both fear that a final nuclear agreement between Iran and the P5 plus one, the UN Security Council plus Germany, would leave Iran with a latent nuclear capability. Uh, so Iran might not be on the brink of developing nuclear weapons, but it would still have the capability uh, mainly through its ability to enrich uranium. Also, Israel and Saudi Arabia are worried about the non-nuclear ramifications of a deal. Uh, specifically, they're worried that the United States and Iran will seek detente after a nuclear deal and that this will further empower Iran in their region, and both Israel and Saudi Arabia view Iran as their primary regional competitor. Uh, How likely do you see this uh, detente to be? Presumably, the um, parameters of a detente between the U.S. and Iran uh, would include uh, Iran's uh, forswearing of support for, you know, terrorist groups like like Hezbollah, for example. Right. So... If there's a nuclear deal, I don't think that the United States and Iran will have a fundamentally different relationship, um, meaning that the normalization of relations, uh, especially full diplomatic relations, are unlikely, uh, mainly because the highest authorities in Iran, including the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei, are not interested in normalized relations between the two countries. Uh, However, I think there will be some room for de-escalation of tensions and even cooperation on specific issues. Uh, When we look at the Middle East today, whether uh, we like it or not, Iran does wield significant influence throughout the region in Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Afghanistan, and other countries. Uh, So Iran 
does play a crucial role in solving some of these uh, issues. Of course, you can make the argument that Iran policies have increased instability in the region. Nevertheless, I think Iran is an important country. So uh, both the United States and the Iranian government have indicated that they're open to at least some level of engagement on specific issues. And either Ayatollah and even Ayatollah Khamenei has stated that uh, he's open to working with the United States on very specific issues. So you say that a, a detente between the U.S. and Iran is unlikely, but do you see any more room for cooperation on Syria, for example, um, particularly between the U.S. and Iran, or even Saudi Arabia and, and Iran, the two the two big regional players? It's possible that Iran and Saudi Arabia will come to some sort of agreement in countries like Syria, but it really will seek detente between themselves. And when we look at the Middle East today, groups like the Islamic State pose a threat to both Iran and Saudi Arabia. So logically, the two countries might see some advantage in working together. On the issue of Syria, I think the problem has been a zero-sum approach to the conflict. So the Saudis and other Sunni states insist that the Bashar al-Assad regime has to go, uh, and that's that's really their objective. And uh, Iran, of course, wants to make sure its interests are protected in Syria. Now, there are indications that the Iranian government is not attached to the person of Bashar al-Assad specifically, as long as there is a government that is friendly toward Iran's interests and allows Iran to supply Hezbollah and Lebanon through Syria, that might be amenable to Iran in the long term. So theoretically, detente between Saudi Arabia and Iran is possible, and some level of cooperation in Syria is possible. But really, given the sectarian divisions currently roiling the Middle East, it's hard to see the two sides being able to look at these issues from a non-sectarian and non-ideological viewpoint. Well, and and to that end, is one potential outcome of uh, a U.S. successfully achieving nuclear deal with Iran, Saudi Arabia becoming um, sort of more of a uh, rogue state is wrong word, wrong word, but more uh, willing to um, buck international norms uh, and engage in their own, you know, uh, sponsoring of terrorist groups and also their own sowing of instability in the region, which is, you know, something they're not, um, they've done in the past, but uh, something that we might expect them to do some more. I mean, I've heard indications that they might want to ramp up their own nuclear production facilities uh, as well. So the Saudis have warned that a deal that leaves Iran with significant enrichment capability might lead them to also develop their own nuclear capabilities. But at the same time, we have to look at Iran's nuclear program. It has been immensely costly uh, in terms of sanctions and lost economic opportunities. And if Saudi Arabia, let's say, decided to go rogue and develop a similar program, it will realize it has costs. And uh, especially if it has the intention of developing nuclear weapons capability, uh, it will face international isolation and pressure. So it's not a given that the Saudis are going to 
really follow up with their threats and develop a nuclear program. And if they do develop a nuclear program, it's likely to be uh, civilian in nature and not a weapons program. In terms of Saudi Arabia po uh, pursuing its own uh, distinct foreign policies, this has been the case uh, uh, in the Middle East for some time now. You know, the Saudis are uh, supporting uh, a wide array of Sunni groups in Syria and beyond. But again, when we look at the Saudi-U.S. relationship, despite the tensions, the United States still remains the premier military power in the region and really the security guarantor for Saudi Arabia. So the Saudis do not have that much room to pursue policies that are entirely contradictory to U.S. goals. So even if the United States does come to an agreement with Iran, there's a distinct possibility that the Saudis will just have to accept it and move on. So basically what you're saying is that if there is an agreement, um, really not fundamentally much will change in terms of like geostrategic and geopolitical alliances in, in the Middle East. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think uh, a nuclear deal will have certain geostrategic benefits. We'll see a de-escalation of tensions in the Middle East. The chances of a military conflict over Iran's nuclear program will recede. Uh, but really, you still have the fundamental problems uh, that you would have with or without a nuclear deal. The sectarian divide between the Shia Sunni, Iran's policies toward Israel, the Israeli-Palestinian tensions that are rising. Uh, and so the, a nuclear deal in itself will not solve all these issues. I think it will provide uh, some additional room for U.S. diplomacy and even maybe Saudi-Iranian detente. But I think the causes of conflict in the region are very deep-rooted and go beyond the nuclear issue. Okay, so on the flip side, then, if uh, a deal is not reached, um, is it fair to say that the status quo will just remain? That, that so failure to reach a deal will result in the status quo and, and perhaps nothing worse? Or do you feel, or do you fear um, potentially, you know, worse consequences for the failure to, to secure a deal? I think the failure of nuclear negotiations will be very problematic. And I think if the P5 plus one, especially the United States, is not able to resolve the Iranian nuclear issue through diplomatic means, then the alternative scenarios are quite negative because either the international community has to accept an Iran with a nuclear weapons capability or engage in military action to stop Iran's pursuits. And we can make the argument that if the negotiations fail and Iran comes under increasing sanctions, then at some point it will relent and make compromises, additional compromises on the nuclear program, but that's not guaranteed. Uh, so a failure in talks in the negotiations could really dramatically increase regional instability. And that's why I think uh, these negotiations are so important. And it's really important to try to reach at least somewhat of a comprehensive deal by November 24th, because it's not clear uh, whether having even a few more months of additional negotiations will produce the results uh, that we're looking for. And I think you know, this is really, in a lot of ways, the ideal time 
for Iran to show flexibility and come to an agreement. What makes this the most ideal time, the fact that it's like a lame duck session of Congress and and sort of the newly empowered Republicans in U.S. Congress can't sort of flex their muscles to try and sink this deal? Well, in terms of the incentives, both Iran and the United States have the incentives to reach an agreement. Iran wants sanctions lifted, and the United States wants to make sure Iran's program is peaceful, as Iran claims. Um, The negotiations have been ongoing for a year. The joint plan of action that was reached last November has produced positive results. Uh, Iran's program has been frozen and rolled back to some extent. Uh, We have a more moderate president in Iran, Hassan Rouhani, who has been willing to negotiate much more so than his predecessor, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. And in terms of U.S. politics, who knows who the next president will be and what policies he or she will adopt toward Iran. I think uh, President Obama has been uh, unique in trusting diplomacy to produce the desired outcome. Uh, but given the fact that Congress is very skeptical of the nuclear negotiations and that only two years remain of this presidency, I think it's important for Iranian leaders to realize this is really their best time to reach a deal. Uh, Well, uh, thank you so much, Ali. This was very helpful. Sure. Well, thank you all for listening. So at least some of the scenarios that uh, Ali just outlined are going to unfold over the next few months. Which of those scenarios unfolds remains to be seen. A quick programming note, I have a new website, globaldispatchespodcast.com, where all of these shorter interviews, plus my long interviews with foreign policy news leaders and thought leaders, are all housed there. And of course, you can subscribe on iTunes, check it out on UN Dispatch, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.